name is not Dr. Google. I'm Dr. V. I want you to be healthy and happy, so we're going to talk about all the things I can't fit into a 15-minute appointment. Let's get started. Step into my office. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Office Visits with Dr. V. I am your host, Dr. V, a board-certified OBGYN and board-certified lifestyle medicine physician. If this is your first time listening, welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope that you will enjoy today's episode, that you will learn something, and you will actually take action on what we're talking about today. Uh, I am so excited to get this out to you all uh, on the airwaves because uh, our next guest helped me so much uh, on my journey. February of 2021, I started training for, for a half marathon, and I started by walking, walking in February, and I finally ran the half marathon in December of 2021. And our guest, Thad McLaurin, also known as the runner dude, he created the plan to help me get across the finish line. And one thing that Thad helped me tremendously with is healthy completion. I hung on to healthy completion. So let me just say, welcome, Thad. Hey, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thad or runner dude? Which one can I call you? Uh, that, that's good. <laughs> Thad. I'm off the clock. You're off the clock? <laughs> <laughs> no, either one. <laughs> well, Thad has, oh man, you have a lot of, I like to call street cred, uh, because not only are you a fitness coach and a running coach, but you also provide a service for the community of Greensboro, run the borough. Um, so just give us a little bit of background. Like, how did you get into to being a running coach and becoming the runner dude? Um, well, I've been a runner for over 35 years. I started running back as a freshman in college, just on my own, not as an athlete. Um, and that continued on through all my different phases of life, getting married, mm -hmm. children, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, in the late 90s, I got into distance running, started running marathons. So that continued. Um, and then around 2008, um, I was running with a running group, a local running group um, called the Blue Liners. Mm -hmm. And we would get together, get together every Saturday and just do a long run together. And um, so I started this blog that kind of just put out accolades for everything that we were doing in the group. So if somebody ran a certain race or PR or whatever, I would just do a post about what John did or Bob mm -hmm. did or Susie mm -hmm. did or whatever. Um, and then people started, because I was posting stuff, and every now and then I would post an article about a particular running-related topic. They kind of started asking me questions like, well, what do you think about this? Or do you know anything about that? So um, I started gearing my posts, not just about the group. I still did that. But then I started kind of searching out different topics, whether it was shoe related or attire related or mm -hmm. training or whatever, and would post it. And that just kind of naturally grew out from my group to the kind of the general triad area. And then other people started asking me questions from around the country. So. I became known as Runner Dude and called the, the blog Runner Dude's Blog. Mm -hmm. And so 2008 on to 2010, that's what I did with, with the blog. Um, and then actually 2009, the career I was in at that point was publishing related. And that was when the economy tanked and everybody was right. laid off and stuff. Right. And I was a part of that, that 
situation and found myself without a job. And so I, at that point, um, I used the blog to give me some structure during the day because I was like going through the whole, you know, depression. Yeah. What do I do? Uh, well, yeah. I was held to a non-compete, so I couldn't do anything else in my field. So it was a real stressful time. So the blog kind of gave me structure to my day. I think that year I posted 300 and some posts. <laughs> really? Every day I was posting one or two posts. <laughs> um, and so that even built a bigger following right. on our dude's blog. And then one day while I was sitting there writing an article, it just came to me that you need to be doing this, not necessarily the blog, but fitness and running as your next profession. Yeah. So I ran upstairs to tell my wife, I know what I'm going to do. And she's like, yeah, I wondered when you'd figure that out. So <laughs> You're sitting there typing away and she's I, like, I wish he'd like make this a yeah. career. <laughs> um, but, you know, like anything, it has to be your decision. Right. So, um, and I shared it with my running group friends and they were like, yeah, it's a natural fit. So 2009 to the beginning of 2010, I went back to school and got certifications and stuff like that to get me prepared mm -hmm. for this next mm -hmm. next journey in life. And, and then in 2010, I started Runner Dudes Fitness, which is a, a now it's 12 years. Yeah. Actually, this month is our 12th anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. So, <laughs> so um, it's a fitness and running related um, business for the triad area here. Um, so that's kind of how I got where I am. Yeah. <laughs> and you're also, gosh, I'm not going to go into that, but I love how you had a skill set and a gift and a talent that was really untapped the whole time. Yeah, I'm a big believer in things happen for a reason. Absolutely, so yeah. I've been a teacher, I've been a writer, mm -hmm. and now I'm a fitness and running uh, trainer. And it, it's unbelievable how much of all those different skills come together yeah. when you're working with people like this. So Absolutely. It's, it definitely has been a journey that's gone in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I have benefited from that, seriously. Good, good. I've done some of those Saturday morning runs at 730 <laughs> in the cold. Love it. Uh, so you you became a runner in college. Right. But before that, I think your story relates to a, to some of our listeners who are like, I can't run and, you know, they just can't identify with it. Um, tell us a right. little bit about, you know, your childhood and kind of growing up. Yeah. Well, as a trainer today, I hear that all the time. I'm not mm -hmm. going to, if they join the beginning running group, a lot of times people will come into it with the idea of I'm not going to be able to do this. Yeah. Or just talking to the general population, they'll say, oh, I never could be a runner. I never could do that. But I'm the perfect example of anybody can be a runner because I was that little chubby fat kid growing up. Uh, I um, t Now as an adult looking back, I know that the situation was I was not much on team sports. Why? And back in the 70s, that's pretty much all there was, particularly for boys, was basketball, football, baseball. They didn't even have soccer where I was. I don't know they had it somewhere else i might right. have played soccer but i mean i did baseball i did a little bit of football but it just i didn't get what other people got out of it that team right. aspect my brother however he played all the sports and was really good at them and he loved it um and so i kind of felt like you know i i'm not going to be able to be that good so i'm just not going to do anything so <laughs> my claim to fame was eating the twin bag of lays potato chips at once <laughs> you know how they used to come in two sleeves and a big bag yeah, I, I, oh, okay. I'm older than you. That's right. <laughs> anyway. Uh, he doesn't look so, it, guys. He doesn't look <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, so I, I wasn't very active. And I was always, you know, the last kid to be picked on a team. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. 
I remember in eighth grade, um, I was not the last, I was determined not to be the last person to come in on the mile run because part of the presidential fitness plan, you had to do the mile run. It took me 18 minutes and 20 seconds to run a mile. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I think it was mostly walking. Okay. Um, but, and I had on my long plaid pants. I think I've told you about <laughs> my plaid pants story. Um, and probably wallabies or something, not even yeah. sneakers. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't last. There was another kid behind me. But um, I was used to being picked last, you know, teased because mm-hmm. I wasn't very mm-hmm. physically fit. Um, and, uh, but, um, I lost, I decided I wanted to lose weight the summer before um, I started high school. So um, I went on Weight Watchers. My mom was actually the member of Weight Watchers, and I just followed the plan yeah, at home. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I lost almost 40 pounds that summer. Wow. My mom lost tw- 10, so she wasn't <laughs> happy. She was happy for me, but not real happy. For okay, me. let me just plug this real quick. A like, 15-year-old boy is going to lose a lot more weight. Then a 40-something-year-old. Exactly. Every lady. time, <laughs> ladies, if you're listening and you're trying to lose weight with a, a male partner, they're going to beat you hands down every time. Right. Well, and I was 15. And you were I wasn't 15. even 15. I was 13. Yeah. So 15, so. Yeah. Your metabolism. <laughs> anyway, that um, first year in high school in PE, I realized, wow, I can actually do some physical activity. So sure, yeah. I kind of got a little more confidence then. And I played a little bit around with some running. There was a, a man in our neighborhood um, who, and back then, this was in the late 70s, people didn't run. It, it, unless you're an elite runner and you were like competitive, you were kind of odd if you saw someone running. It just wasn't, it was starting to become something wow. with the masses, but you really didn't see that many people um running out there and there was a man in our neighborhood mr smith and he ran with his dog blackie every day well in my mind it was every day it was probably several (laughs) times a week and he did i think a 10 mile loop and i was just always impressed by seeing him Mm -hmm. run and so i i got out there a little bit when nobody knew i was gone you know and and tried it but it never it didn't really click until that um my freshman year in college and i decided Mm -hmm. to give it a little more um, umph and stick to it a little bit longer. And that's when I did my first 10K on my own. And that's when I really realized that running was for me. What, what does um, running do for you? Like, um, Well, to me, it's an individual sport, meaning that I can challenge myself. I can set goals for myself, whatever they are, whether they're just getting to the next mailbox or it's running a marathon. Yeah. I mean, I can yeah. set those goals for me and then I can achieve them on my own. Um, on my own terms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas if you're in a, and nothing wrong with team sports, but if you're in a team, it's a team goal and right. it may not be your goal. It's whatever the team's team, goal is. Yeah. And I just found that for me, um, I loved kind of setting those goals and then achieving them and then setting the next goal yeah. and achieving it, whether it was just a certain distance on my own and not even race related, just, you know, getting to that next mile mm-hmm. in my head. Um, I just, got a lot of benefit out of that and then I also started to see the health benefits yeah. that came along with it yeah. and I was able to maintain my weight loss that I had because I lost that early before high school and you know how when you start college you start to gain a little weight because you're not yeah. as active yeah going to class and you're studying and all that Fresh kind of stuff 15, eat yeah. pizza, and so soda. I, I was able to get a little bit of that off and maintain so I kind of saw the health I didn't really know all the heart related stuff and that kind of stuff at that point but right. I, just, I could tell I felt better 
Um, my clothes are a little bit looser. Um, I was getting that freshman 15 oh, off. <laughs> is it is um, it freshman 15 for guys, too? I know that for girls. Y'all gain weight like that, people, too? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yep. No, nobody's <laughs> immune. No, no. So, so speaking of weight, I think that's a huge thing. And honestly... I, people ask me, why are you running a half marathon? I couldn't really say. It's just on my bucket list. Um, but runners look happy and they look fit. And I said, I think that's something I want to try. And I've heard about the runner's high. And yes. I, I got the runner's high. Um, but one of the things that deterred me was, you know, I'm I'm not at my goal weight. You know, I'm, I'm overweight. I'm obese. And so um, for those of us who are obese and think we can't run, uh, what do you say to that? That's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. Yes. Runner dude said it is wrong. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell the truth. Yeah. That's one of the things that I found when I did that first 10K back in college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think I told you I, after the race, um, I, sat, I was, it was in Raleigh and I sat down on the wall and I was just on a wall nearby the finish um, line and I was just looking at all the mm-hmm. different people. Yeah, and I think whether you run it or not, just going to a race is so helpful and eye opening because yeah. you you look around. And it's like, man, there is every type of person you can imagine. Yeah, there are people who are you know little kids up to eighty years old or older running these races, all different shapes, sizes, men, women, um, beginning runners, right to you know elite runners. I think that's one of the things with running that's different than most other sports is that it's inclusive. Right. Um, yeah, anybody like can that. do it. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I always recommend you get checked out by your doctor first, make sure there's not any issues going on. Right. But other than that, if he says, you know, you're fine, then you can, you can definitely start running. Yeah. The, the key is finding the program that will help you ease into it. Because the biggest mistake a lot of people make is they go out and they try to run a mile solid. <laughs> and a mile doesn't sound like a lot, but if you haven't ever run, a yeah, mile is a lot. That's a whole lot. And, and in a lot of people's head, running is like sprinting. They think running is having to run fast. <laughs> and you can run fast, but you don't have to right. run fast. And a new runner should really be focused on endurance and building stamina and going incrementally, building right. as you go. right. Um, yeah. I had, there was one lady that I interviewed for the blog several years ago. Um, her name was Granny Annie, and <laughs> she went to, her husband was a marathon runner, and she would go to all the races with them. And one day she said, you know, honey, do you think I could run a marathon? She wasn't a runner at all. And he said, well, yeah, you know, if you start, have a realistic goal, and, right, you know, not right. next week, but, you know, if you start and build up, it can be something you can achieve. So she started running on her own just a little bit. And she, she said that the way she increased her mileage was she would go to the next mailbox. Each run, she would increase by another mailbox. And that was in her 50s. Yeah. And by the time I interviewed her, she was in her early 70s, and she had run 20 marathons. <laughs> Not that that has to be Mike anybody dropped. else's goal. Yeah. You know, um, that might intimidate yeah. somebody else. But that's what she decided to do. And she was a non-runner. Um, and she achieved it, but, um, so yeah, that that is, that's amazing. And, you know, going back to the inclusivity of running, Mm -hmm. we're saying running, but at the marathon, I was passed by walkers. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Walkers who were walking fast and, you know, people with braces on both legs and, you know, and looked like they had impairments. If I didn't know they were 
running a marathon or walking a marathon, I would think that they were physically disabled, you know, but they were out there walking with me. Uh, I love that you can, you know, I have this idea and just taking small steps Mm -hmm. Um, for the for the person who's okay. maybe this is kind of stirring something in them. um, What are the things that, you know, they potentially need to do? So you said they, you know, check with their doctor, make sure there are no major health concerns. Right. Um, I know running shoes are, you know, making sure you have the right footwear is also something that. Is yeah, you really should. Beginners. You really should find a local running store, mm-hmm. um, not one of the big box stores. Right. Because, you know, you go there, you may or may not find somebody to help you. They probably aren't trained. Right. To tell you because everybody has a different type of foot um, and a different type of hill strike and foot landing and all that kind of stuff. And you, so you need a shoe that will support the type of foot you have. So if you go to one of the local running stores, they're going to be trained to um, help you, guide you towards that shoe. Now, you still need to be careful. You don't, you never should go, if you go, if you go into a store and someone says, this is the shoe for you, and it's the only one they brought out, even if it's (laughs) a local running store, you really, they should, and most will, the independent stores, they'll bring you, they'll they'll figure out what type of foot you have, and then they'll Mm -hmm. bring you several shoes out, Mm -hmm. let you try them on. They usually let you run around in the store. Um, and then you decide which one fits you best. And then once you know the type of foot you have, whether you need a neutral or stability or whatever, then you can um, kind of be on your own as far as looking for the others. But that, it, it, I mean, particularly that first time, I think it's great to right. have your foot analyzed right. and, and go. And it doesn't usually cost anything. Most right. running stores have it set up so you can either set up an appointment or just walk in. Just walk in. Yeah. And, and shoes are an investment. People say running is, you know, it doesn't cost anything. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, it, of all the sports, it's probably the least expensive. But right. if you're going to get a good pair of running shoes, you're probably going to pay somewhere between $100 and $150. Right. But it's a good investment. Right. And the shoes, yeah. what, you have 500 miles on the shoes, I think they said. It kind of, the, the rule of thumb is 300 to 500 miles. Mm-hmm. Usually I tell people around 300, 250 to 300 miles, just start to ask yourself, how do my shoes feel? Are you having some little aches and pains in your ankles or your right. feet? That usually, that might be a sign the cushioning starting to break down. That doesn't mean you have to run out and buy a new pair of shoes. But maybe around that time is a good time to get another pair, still wear the other ones while you're breaking in the new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can have a really tall, big person who has a, 500 miles on their shoes and they still got another 100 miles on there. You can have somebody that's really petite and tiny who wears theirs out in 250 miles. Oh, see, I thought it was the opposite. Yeah, okay. I mean, it can be, but it really okay. depends on the person's, how much, how rough they are on their shoes. Right. And I've had some people right. that are, you know, you would think they'd get zillions of miles on their shoes and they tear them up, up quickly. Mm-hmm. So it also mm-hmm. depends on the how the shoe was made. Some shoes have a harder, um, I don't know if carbide's the right word, but a carbon carbide type bottom that's harder. They're going to probably last longer. And then some of the more lightweight cushion shoes have um, more of a foamy type bottom that might wear down quicker. Quicker. So sometimes the type of shoe you pick can determine whether it's going to wear out. But a lot of times it just depends on how you wear the shoe. Right. And you really can't tell until you just get out there and go through a couple of pairs of shoes and see, see, how, see how it goes. Now, a lot of apps now, like Strava and Nike app and those things, you can actually keep track of your shoe mileage. 
and you can even set up little emails. It'll send you, it'll send you an email and say, Hey, your shoes are at 250 miles or whatever you set it at. Um, and that's just a good way to keep track of it. Or you can do it manually. Right. Some people go old school and keep it all out. I have a look. Yeah. Yeah. That used to be all you did back when I started running. I actually found some of my old running Mm -hmm. logs not too long ago when we were cleaning out and, um, and some people like to use spreadsheets, Excel spreadsheets. Right. But there are a lot of cool apps now. Most of them don't cost anything. Yeah. So you're getting into that. I think one thing that beginners should also have is some type of tracking system. Mm-hmm. And that's an app. Right. Um, I Just to kind of see your progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use your coaching plan and I would mark off every yeah. time I did it. But it was good to see that, okay, I started with a 20-minute mile. Yep. Yes, I started with a 20-minute mile and, you know, <laughs> down good. to a 15-minute mile and yep. just to see the progress. So are there some apps that, that you like or that you recommend? There's, They're all really good. I mean, there's Map My Run. Right. There's one for walkers one. called Map My Walk. Yep. Um, there's uh, Nike has an app. Adidas has an app. Um, Fitbit. A lot of people use Fitbits. They have their own app. Um, most of the GPS watches today, like Garmin. They come with their own website and have an app with it as well. A lot of runners use Strava, S-T-R-A-V-A. Yeah, why, why is that? What's um, the, the pull with that one? Well, Strava is nice because if you have a GPS watch it um, or Apple Watch or whatever, most of those you can pull into Strava. So, And there's a social aspect to Strava that you don't have to participate in, but you can friend, just like in Facebook or something, you can friend other athletes uh, uh, okay. and you can give each other kudos. Like if you're, if you're my friend on Strava and I see you, yeah. run, I can give you a kudos and leave a little message if I want to. So there's an inspirational kind of aspect to it there, motivational aspect of it. Um, but it's also just very easy to use. You can use the app on your phone while you're running to keep track of your distance and pace and all that mm-hmm. or if you use a, like i use a sports watch a gps watch i don't have to run with my phone i can use my watch and then it's automatically syncs up to strava so it'll pull in all the data into strava and i don't have to do anything it's with bluetooth gotcha. so um and you can track elevation you can check track oh, no. um yeah so yeah that's what i thought all, that all of that and i was like do i need to know all of this elevation <laughs> I'm, I'm like i'm not there yet right and you know how i mean it'll pull it in if yeah. if, you're, if the apparatus that you're using tracks that stuff um and strava does it'll be there so but it's not like you have to look at it if, right if it's overwhelming right. and it doesn't mean anything to you you don't have to you don't have to gotcha. use it but as you get into running particularly if you start to get into training for a 5k or a 10k mm-hmm. and your plan says to run something at a certain pace yeah most people are like how do i know that you right. know you well you can time. use your app and look and see what your pace is so and it, and like you said you got to see how you progressed over time it's if you're a data person and you like to see those lines going up and down or whatever yeah. all that stuff is in there so it's just a handy tool i I, I love that i love the progress um one question that I want you to address, uh, and, you know, I actually had um, some knee issues before and it was like, I can't run. But, you know, I think a lot of people say, oh, running's bad on your knee, so therefore I can't run. Uh, but, you know, the exercise and the activity can actually help you. So what yeah. what do you say to people say, oh, I have back problems or I have knee problems? Right. There's a saying that I say a lot of people that um, 
say running is bad for your knees or people that have knee problems that never ran. (laughs) (laughs) I think for some people, it's just a good excuse. You know, I've heard it's bad for your knees, so I'm not going to even go. Right. But there's more and more research that comes out all the time that talks about how running is beneficial to your joints. Now, anything you can do to excess and it's not good for you. So you're going to hear about people that run, you know, miles and miles and miles and miles and miles a week that might have issues. Well, you don't need to run miles and miles and right, miles a exactly. week. Right, so, exactly. But you could do that riding a bike. You could do that swimming. If you do anything to excess, you're going to end up with some issues. Um, now, occasionally you can have, have a predisposition to something right. um, that might cause an issue. Um, but even then, normally if you're using good running form, you're not going to have major issues with your knees. Right. Um, and so that's where hooking up with a running coach or have a stride analysis done, even yeah. if you don't use that person as a coach right. ongoing. Um, and we do that at Runners Dudes Fitness. Um, you can um, see what you're doing. And if you're a beginning runner, it's really good to have that analysis done because then if there are things you can work on, you're starting at it from the beginning versus having run yeah, 10 years and then habits, yeah, yeah and those are harder to break so yeah um yeah so how do you um prevent injury um well running is really all about balance so you want to keep as much of your body in close proximity to your center of mass which is your core as possible so somebody that has a really wide stride and a foot landing that's way, landing way out in front of them may set themselves up to have more be prone to more injury than somebody that's got a foot landing right underneath their center of mass. Now, this is a little bit different than what I was taught when I was at the, um, when I was starting running back in the dark ages. Um, (laughs) They would tell you to to widen your stride. They wanted you to have a wider stride. Um, But now with more research, they know that it's better to have uh, more turnover in your feet landing underneath your center of mass. That way your body works like a shock absorber. Right. And um, kind of absorb some of that negative impact instead of that foot hitting the ground all by itself. So kind of think of keeping things close to your center of mass. Think about the road runner with his feet right underneath the, mm-hmm, the cartoon mm-hmm, shirt. Mm-hmm. You're kind of shooting for that. Um, what, a, what about, because I know one of the running programs I used, it had weight training like built into it. Yeah. And rest days. Let's talk about rest days. Yes. But, you know, th- do you recommend for the beginner that they start? Well, let me just say, um, you know, in order to be physically fit, we want you to get activity at least 150 minutes. But we also recommend two days of strength training. Um, that's um, according to, you know, American College of Lifestyle Medicine, American Heart Association. Like everybody wants you to be physically active and do strength training. Um, so I, I found that strength training also helps, you know, prevent injury and helps you um, with running. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. Um, they go hand in hand. Um, so it's good to have, if you're particularly if you're a beginning runner, it's good to have a rest day in between your runs, but that doesn't mean you can't do anything. Right. So on that rest day, that's a good day to do some core exercises or some full body exercises as well. Um, running really is about 50% Lower body, 50% upper body. And most people think it's like 80, 20. <laughs> and upper is from your waist up. So that's your core. Right. Your core is 360. Right. So it's your mm-hmm. abdominals, your obliques, your lats, your back extensors, just the whole circumference of your midsection. That's really your power source. So if you're weak in the core, wow. it's hard to maintain good running form. And so 
the longer you start to run, the longer you're out there, you might start to feel fatigue creeping in. And um, that's a lot of times where people say, you know, running hurts my back. Well, it's probably not the running, it's the weak core. Wow. That's probably contributing to that. Stop saying, hold on one (laughs) second. You said the core is your power source. Yes. Not your legs? Mm Mm-mm. I mean, they're propelling you forward, yeah. But your core is like your 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 main base of power, and your legs oh, wow. come off of that, yeah. Oh wow! So I had a, a torn meniscus and had surgery, and I I thought, you know, I'm Doctor V. I'm like, I can't run. I need <laughs> rehab. And he's like, No, you can run. You're yeah. fine. Yeah. But I ended up doing um, rehab Pilates, <laughs> and and she she kept saying that, you know, yes, this is going to help you with your running to build up your core. Yep. But that is the power source. Wow. Wow. So what type of, um, do you feel like, um, or is there a particular street training that you think matches well with running? Like, I feel like, and and I'm here to learn, CrossFit and running seem to be kind of too hard. Like, is there something that would, would mesh really well if you're trying to strengthen yourself in running? Well, to me, um, Something that's shooting more for muscular endurance. It's I said, gonna benefit I said cross you. training. I'm sorry, Thad. I meant CrossFit. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so any muscular endurance is um, lighter weights, multiple repetitions. So you're you're building muscles that's going to last longer for you right. versus something that's heavy weights, lots of rest in between, fewer reps. That's going to build bulk. A lot of people will say, I don't want to do fitness training because I don't want to get big and bulky. Well, Unless you're specific, specifically training to get big and bulky, you're not going to get big and bulky. You might get some more definition in your muscle, but it's not going to add weight to your body. Now, CrossFit, um, there's nothing wrong with CrossFit. The only thing about CrossFit that sometimes I've encountered with clients is if they're not in a program that's really well structured as far as levels, mm, okay. you can get injured quickly because CrossFit is more timed base so you're trying to get a certain number of um reps done within a certain amount of time and usually the exercises are more explosive so it's jumping Why? and heavy lifts and things like that so if it's well done there's nothing wrong with that but as far as it necessarily benefiting a runner i think you can do some lower impact stuff and really get a lot of benefit from that um if you are just beginning to run and you're already doing crossfit I think it's fine to continue doing what mm-hmm. you're doing with that, mm-hmm. but maybe pull back a little bit and self-modify so your body can adjust to the running that you're adding to it. Right. Um, I don't think it's really a great idea if you're um, beginning to run and you haven't done any other fitness to do some really intense program <laughs> on top of right? it. Because that's just, no matter what the program is, that's right. just an, a, an injury waiting to happen. Right. Um, like I said, if you've been doing it, continue doing it, maybe modify. If you are starting to run and you want to add some fitness to it, you can, but keep it, you know, keep it simple. Keep it, let it grow as you grow with your running. Right. Don't jump in. A lot of people think, you know, I'm going to do all this stuff. And then they get frustrated either because they can barely move or they get hurt. Absolutely. You know, so yeah, it should be incremental. Right. And you know, I'm starting a running program, and Thad is helping me um, construct this. But we're building. We're we're doing a 5K, a 10K, then a half marathon, and we're building slowly because the name of the game is healthy. 
completion. (laughs) My goal was just to finish and to not be injured. Um, So one of the things that, you know, that I'm trying to pivot is to help um, women, men, whoever, um, you know, really kind of integrate health and wellness into their life so it's not seen as a chore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I have gotten a lot of benefits from running. Um, and you briefly touched on it. Um, what are some of the health benefits that that you see or that your clients um, seem to um, to experience most? Well, um, a, a lot of them are things like, you know, helping either maintain weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, a lot of new runners will come in and, and they're hoping to lose a lot of weight with beginning. Right? Yeah, yeah. And they don't yeah. usually see that initially. Um, if weight gain, if weight loss is an is, is a goal for a person, I usually recommend that, that they do circumference measures, like of their calf, thigh, yeah. um, arm, whatever. Um, because <laughs> on the scale may not show that change, but normally the body composition starts to change, yeah. even with those first couple of months. Yes. So you'll notice your clothes are feeling better, but you get on that dang scale and it's like <laughs> still staying the same weight. And you're like, I don't get it, you know. Yeah. But you're usually gaining a little muscle as you lose a little body fat. So on the scale, it's kind of like a wash. But if you, you know, two months down the road, redo those circumference measures, you might have lost a half an inch here. Yeah. Inch here, whatever. Yeah. And so that's kind of reassuring that you're heading in the right direction. So there's that aspect of it. But also it just gives you a lot more energy. You think it clearer. Is. Yes, you do. Um, it helps with mood, mm-hmm. <laughs> improving mm-hmm. mood. <laughs> um, and then there's, of course, there's all the cardiovascular benefits and that kind of stuff as well. Um, and then it, there's also the social aspect, which is really good for the the mental health. Yes. It also helps with the success rate of completing a program. You know, not that you can't go. I mean, I started running on my own and was was successful with it. And it's kind of ironic for from 84 to probably 2000, I ran on my own. I didn't run with other people. 84 to 2000? Yeah. Ooh. And (laughs) when we moved here in Greensboro, we moved here to Greensboro in 98. And there was a guy um, that I knew that kept wanting me to come join the Blue Liners, the group I mentioned earlier. And I, was, mm-hmm. I kept thinking, I don't, I don't want to go. I don't want to run. This is running. I don't want to run with other people. And, and uh, finally, I thought, okay, I'm just going to go. So he'll stop asking me. And that first run, it was like, wow, this is pretty it's cool. A different. Yeah. It also opened me up. I learned some stuff about the community I did not know. I had been running. In my neighborhood, then I found Country Park, which is a loop. Mm-hmm. Then I found Military Park, which is another loop. And then I found that there was a cut through from Military Park yeah. to Country Park. <laughs> and that was just, that was nice. My first marathon when we moved here, I ran like loop after loop after loop at Military and Country Park. So I was like brain dead. And that first run, I discovered the Greenway with the Blue Liners. I never even knew it was there. I mean, back yeah. then you didn't Google everything. You yeah. didn't Google Greenways or whatever. <laughs> Um, and it was right where I had been parking to go do my loop around the park, yeah, yeah. but I didn't know it was there. So okay. that first run, I did nine miles out and back with this group on, a, you know, an area I didn't even know there. So it, it opens up your, um, information about what's available to runners. It connects you with other people. Then you start to get the benefit of the support from those people. Accountability jumps Accountability, up. Accountability, come on. You know, yes. somebody knows they're going to miss yes. you. 
you're going to be there. You're going to show up. Yeah. You are absolutely so, going to show up. It helps a lot. And I real, I just think runners, like, and I, at first I was like, do I look like I'm struggling? Because they're like, good job. Keep it up. You can do it. And I'm like, I must look like I like about to die. Yeah, that's but just runner's yeah, nature. That's yeah. just the nature of it. They just would like encourage you. And oh my goodness, the day of the half marathon when I ran that, like I like twice, I almost like came to tears because yeah. it's, I don't know, it's something about the energy. It was electric and everybody's supporting each other and people are standing on the side of the road and they're cheering you and you're like, yeah. I'm Beyonce, like I'm the woman. <laughs> I, I mean, for for me, um, and, you know, mental health is, is important. And I always try to stress that, you know, for mild depression and anxiety, you know, Physical activity can actually treat it, yeah. you know, and and just being in that community. Um, I am a runner now. I can say that. So being in the yeah. community of runners, I I've, I can definitely appreciate that for sure. Before I started Runner Deuce Fitness, if there were lags of time where I hadn't run for whatever reason, mm -hmm. my wife would tell me, you need to go for a run. <laughs> no, really, you need you to, need go, to for, go Please go for a run. <laughs> And it would help. <laughs> yeah, it would help. It so. does help. It does help. So, Thad, this has been very, very helpful. Anything you can think of out that you might want to share with um, our listeners before we get get all your contact information? <laughs> well, just the main thing is you can do it. If you want to ruin, you can do it. You need to start with realistic goals. Right. It's beneficial if you can find a group, whether it's something formal like a coach or whether it's just an informal running group or just right. your buddy down the street. Um, you you can do it. So, right. And the main thing is just setting realistic, realistic, realistic goals. goals. Yeah. Yep. And accountability is always helpful. And, you know, as a physician, I will say, uh, gosh, I think uh, getting my lifestyle medicine certification, I think they said like, I don't know, like less than 5% of people like can't run or can't walk. Mm. And that if you go to your doctor, they're going to say, please, you know, start walking or running. So, um, you know, no excuses. Um, if that is an issue, if you have a bad heart, you probably know they've already told you <laughs> what you can't do. Yeah. Um, so anybody can do it. Um, you know, there's a caveat there. And, and I'm not saying Dr. V said go out and run and you're in congestive heart failure. But, you know, for the most part, if you're relatively healthy, um, it actually will help you. And that activity will do, reduce inflammation and it will help with your aches and pains. So yep. I am definitely a believer. So that how can um, how can folks get in touch with you or connect with you or look, y'all, he does running plans. You don't have to be <laughs> in the triad to, get right. to create a plan. That's right. Um, well, you can check out the website at runnerdoosfitness.com. Um, my email is runnerdudesfitness at gmail.com. If you want to check out the blog, that's runnerdudesblog.com. Real quick. Yes. Because I made this mistake, y'all. It's runnerdudes with yes, an S. There's an S, S after it. There is an <laughs> S. Not runnerdude. It's with an S. I guess that's apostrophe S. Um, but yes. we'll, we'll, it's not, well, you don't put an apostrophe, but the Written S is Written out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it'll it'll be in our show notes. So yeah. Um, and what if what if they want to do like a fitness plan? I mean, a running plan, et cetera. The best way to to get with me is just to email me mm -hmm. at the email address and just give me a little information about what you're interested in. And if you're local, we can set up a in person or a Zoom conference. Mm -hmm. If you're um, not local, we can still 
work together and we can do it via Zoom or text or whatever, email, um, and get started okay. that way. And real quick, tell us about like Run the Borough. Those are those going to be every Saturday, weather pending, you know? Um, yeah, well, if, you, if you're local, we have a Saturday, Run or Do Saturday group run year round. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's open to anybody. We have walkers that come mm-hmm. and people that are speedy, seven and a half minute milers. <laughs> um, but usually with those runs, I have a five mile, an eight, a 10, a 12, and a 15. And they're out and back. And the routes are on an app that we use called RunGo. So it gives you voice turn by turn. Right. So you know where to right. go. But if you're not quite at five miles, it's an out and back. So you can just go as far as you want and turn around. If you wanted to do nine instead of eight, same thing. Just go another right. mile, turn around. Right. And um, so that's really helpful. Everybody knows there's that run. So if you want a group to come with, it's mm-hmm. free, open to the to the community. Run the Borough is a little bit different. It's... um. Every spring, except for this past year, we did it in the fall because of COVID. But um, every spring in May and June, each of those Saturdays, we get together. Um, past several years, it's been nine Saturdays. This coming year, it's, there's only eight Saturdays in those two months. Um, for this one, we start out, there's two dif- distances. We have a four and an eight at the beginning of May. And then over the course of the eight runs, it builds up to a six and a ten. We have 13 different pace groups. Our normal Saturday runs, we don't have pace groups. You just come and you mm-hmm. kind of cluster and you mm-hmm. end up running with people. For the Run the Borough, we have pace groups, everything from a walking group to the speedy seven and a half minute group. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a feel of a field trip. So yeah. you kind of know the area you're going to run in, but you don't know the route. The pace guide leader who's assigned to that group knows the route. So they're going to take their group through this route. And each Saturday, it's in a different area of Greensboro. Yeah. So yeah. over the two months, you explore about 25 different neighborhoods, um, five different greenways, different parks. Um, we have two themed runs. One's the Monument Run, where we go and the route takes you around um, different public works of art, art, monuments, um, things, memorials, things like that. And then the... Um, City of Murals run that takes the route, goes all over the city looking at the different murals. Uh, I just, I love all of that. <laughs> I love all of that. And every week we give history about the area they're going to be running through mm-hmm. and cool mm-hmm. facts and things like that. Yep. So you learn a lot about the city. It's also a time, because we have lots of different running groups in Greensboro. Mm-hmm. And Run the Borough is a great time for all those running groups to come together. Yeah. Um, and so you, they, you rekindle friendships, people that you yep. didn't hadn't seen in a while mm-hmm. so that's really a cool aspect of it and it's a free event to the community he does take donations though you guys. <laughs> yeah that's it's free that. i mean they've got water and other things out there and yes donations are appreciated i'm just gonna say that on his behalf because <laughs> i've i've benefited from it yeah um when i was training i was in the I was like, where's the 15-minute mile group? They're like, okay, you go over here with the walkers. Oh, no. <laughs> and they were great. Yeah. It was fine. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, I love that. And for anyone listening, you know, maybe you're not in the triad. Uh, they're running groups and programs. Like, runners, they get together and they they do this. This is a yeah. social sport. Um, so I would strongly encourage you. And as that run a dude as he said that is one way to to keep yourself accountable yeah uh and you know during the pandemic we've seen that people are lonely and people are yeah. isolated and so this is a wonderful way um and honestly 
I, I, there's like no judgment. It's just like a yeah. wel- a very welcoming community. Yeah. So, well, and if you're in an area that it's not here and you're not able to come to Runner Dude, check out your local running store. Yeah, call them or go in person, and that's a great way to yeah. find out what the local running groups are and yeah. or if they have anything that they provide. Um, that's a good tip. Yeah, so yeah. if you're not sure where to go, check out with them. And I know here in the Triad, Fleet Feet is a big running store, and I know that they have several in the region, not just in North Carolina. Yeah, so. the, they have those all over, and Omega Sports is another local um, running store okay. um, as well. So both of those are great to connect with and see see what programs might be out there beyond Runner Deuce Fitness. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I can't, I know, like I said, we've been saying running, but walking, walking fast, and, you know, uh, we were just talking before we came on air that um, he's created walking plans for uh, fitness walkers. So it's not just like, you know, just strolling in the park. Yeah. But, you know, you can really speed walk and really get an, uh, a, a good, good workout. So I just encourage you all to to um, to give it a try. All you need is some good tennis shoes and. Uh, yeah. Some, some shorts or whatever. <laughs> Some good clothes. Yes. <laughs> and a cute little outfit. All right. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, leave some comments and just let us know how, how this uh, episode helped you. Don't forget to subscribe uh, so that you can continue to to stay in touch with what we have to offer. Because I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you there. I'm going to get you happy and healthy. You just stick with Dr. V. All right. Until next time. Take care. Thank you for listening to Office Visits with Dr. V. My prayer is that something said on this podcast will get you started on a path to your optimal health and wellness. The information, including opinions and recommendations discussed in this podcast, is intended for informational and educational purposes only. Such information is not intended to be a substitute for the advice of a qualified and licensed physician or other healthcare provider. Although I'm a doctor, This does not replace the advice of your licensed physician or healthcare provider. So please, seek the advice of a qualified healthcare professional before making any changes to your healthcare regimen. And another thing, just by listening to this podcast doesn't make me your doctor. However, if you want to stay connected, please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Office Visits with Dr. V. And go to my website at officevisitswithdrv.com. That's officevisitswithdrv.com. Let's follow up next time. Blessings.